I'm a walking down the street like Lucky LaRue. Got my hand in my pocket, thinking about you. I ain't a hurting nobody. I ain't a hurting no one. There's 300 men in the state of Tennessee. They're waiting to die. They won't never be free. I ain't hurting nobody. I ain't hurting no one. Yeah! Driving. Elevation, 5,000 feet. We survived the Donner Pass without eating our ass. Right. Oh, jeez. Making it right. <laughs> Pay attention to the guy. That, whoa, is that a missile? I don't know. Uh, so what that thing is, we're we passing. are uh, somewhere northwest of we're probably directly west of Reno right now in California. Um, that may be correct. Yeah, entering these mountains, beautiful, north of the Donner Pass. Donner Pass, incredible. Knew nothing about it. Yeah, they picked a just hell like everything of a, else. I know nothing about anything. They picked a hell of a beautiful place to die. So I don't know. Anything other than the most basic information about the Donner Party. I don't know why they were there. I don't know why they got stranded or how they got stranded. I don't know what decade it was. I don't even know what century it happened. Like, <laughs> was it a plane crash? Was this like that 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 uh, you know There's Chilean football, football team, team or something? Yeah. Was it like that? But like nope. the American version? Okay. Uh, was it pre-plane? Yes, many many years. It was it was uh, like wagon train. Okay. Because when I hear Donner Party, I'm just thinking like what what always came to mind in my head back in the day yeah. was like uh, dinner party because dinner and Donner, <laughs> and I just thought oh it's like a family going to dinner and then they got stuck and they had to eat each other because yeah. they were hungry which is why they were going to dinner. Uh, but I think I could be wrong. Correct. No, that's correct, exactly what correct, happened. Correct. I'm right. Yeah. Okay. You guessed right. Good. That's exactly the, uh, just how the history books tell it. So when when was this? I don't know. Okay. All I, right. So well, not that stupid. <laughs> I guess not. Well, I mean, you're s- at least I'm smart enough to know that it was, you know, horse and buggy, like Western times. Okay. It was like late 1800s, maybe very early 1900s. People were heading out west, and they were trying to get over the pass, which I don't know if it was called the Donner Pass before they all died there. <laughs> I feel like. Or if uh, they named it afterwards. Yeah. But they got caught in a horrible snowstorm. And um, in order for some of them to survive, they ended up eating other people of their So party. did they actually survive? Yeah, a bunch of people did. How many people started? Obviously, I don't know that. But less people finished. Do you want me to just Google no, it? No, 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 no. I'd rather just speculate. <laughs> okay, uh, 30 and uh, 6. Okay. That's, uh, that's rough. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds terrible. Um, we should have done some research before we started talking no, about I'd it. No, I'd rather just speculate. And, and w- what good is actually knowing? Yeah. So Plus, this way we can spur your curiosity, listener, and then you can uh, you can go research this shit yourself. <coughs> yaks! Uh, oh, yeah. Literally, yaks. Nick, we found your competition in the yak farm. and Yeah, Nick has a yak valley. This is a yak valley. Who knew? So, so. Um, the Donner Party thing, though, you know, a, a good plan, especially if they were, you know, early adopters, um, they could have just planted themselves next to that lake 
and yeah. built a nice house and, and just, you know, lived out the appreciation. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, they made the wrong choices. This gorgeous little lake in the valley, and then the pass itself is just a massive, I don't know, a couple thousand feet of giant boulders and snow and gorgiosity. Yeah, it's a very active pass. It's not very passive. Uh, my favorite part, though, is that the Donner Pass now has ski slopes on it. <laughs> so uh, if they could come to the, uh, get a time machine, a time machine wagon, covered time machine wagon, and come to the future, they'd be like, hey, look, all of this place where a bunch of people died, now it's so easy to get here, we just slide around on the snow for fun. Yeah, and like they could talk to the owner of the ski resort and just be like, <laughs> yeah, I'm begging for snow. I, I have to make it mm. just to get more of it. And to get it earlier and sooner. Yeah. Ah, uh, strange how times change. So we um, we also just listened to the recording from last night. And if if this is going out on the regular feed, you uh, regular free people, you're missing out on a pretty exciting couple of recordings. We save the best for the PCL. That's for sure not a true statement. But and it's by the way, like it's Sunday at 10:30. <laughs> if I didn't say that. Uh, our last recording was Saturday night at like 7.30. Yes. And, man, listening back to that, we were both really drunk. And we didn't <laughs> sound that drunk, except for the part where I cracked up. I sounded pretty slow. Okay. I wasn't talking terribly fast because I was either both tired and drunk or, yeah, both. Yeah, I was tired and drunk. <laughs> so here we are now. And so full of food. Yeah. I was breathing heavily, for fuck's sake, at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> but here we are now, driving north, uh -huh. and no real destination in mind. We just plotted a long, circuitous path between where we were, way up to the north, through some forests, across yeah. the plains, and different forests, and eventually back down to San Francisco. Hey, give your microphone a tug there, if you can, to see if we can... I don't know if you can hear any of this on the recording... Uh, hopefully it's it's just the headphones freaking out or something. Because I've listened back, and I didn't hear any of this nonsense in the recording, and I don't know what... All right, well, if that's the case, we should it. probably make an attempt to not discuss it on every recording. Well, that's better now. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it'll work. Uh, what were we talking about? Exactly. Yeah. This is why <laughs> you need to discuss this to yourself silently. Well, how do I fix it if I can't... Say it out loud. <laughs> you, have to, you have to say out loud everything you're fixing? No, only so you know what's going on if I need you to fix your microphone. We were so drunk <laughs> last night. Um, but no, now we have quite the treat for you, which will be probably the opposite of a treat for Puke. Uh, we bought this candy, or Puke bought this candy, <laughs> and now he's going to eat it. The Mexico candy. Yeah, so go ahead and crack open that candy. Oh, all right, well, let's... I'm going to start by describing it is uh, Chavito, El Chavito. Yeah, I think that's what those words are. El Chavito, Mexican candy. This first offering is mango con chile. It's mango with chili. Um, let's see here. <gasps> <laughs> let's see here. Serving size is three ounces, which, okay. How many ounces? Okay, I think it's I think it's the whole bag. So a serving size is the bag. How many carbohydrates do you think, Andrew? Forty-six. I don't know. 
75. Jesus. <laughs> this is a tiny bag of candy. <laughs> no wonder Mexicans are so fat. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is three ounces. This is like one of those little, you know, like uh, uh, gas station candy bags or whatever. Just cheap little candy. So, well, I've heard that, uh, you know, people like vegans talk about, you know, oh, it's healthy. It's vegetables or fruit. Dried fruit like mango is so fucking packed full of sugar, and they probably added sugar. Um, so is that what it is? It's dried mangoes? Yeah, mango with chili. Oh, I thought it was like gummy candy. Um, nope. First ingredient is mango, so it is it is dried mango. And I'm gonna put the microphone down because I don't. I only got two hands. Okay. And I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a try. So, the weird thing about this morning is uh, the the Donner Pass. It's beautiful. But everything is Donner related. There's Donner Lake, Donner Pass, Donner this, Donner that, Donner Lake Diner, uh, which is where we had breakfast. And I don't like the feeling of everything being related to that because even looking at the beautiful houses along the lake, I'm just going, Ugh. but it's about a lake that ate people. <laughs> the Donner Diner? Yeah. And, and then the <laughs> idea of getting food served up by a place called Donner something, that was also creepy. Come on down to the Donner Diner. Our prices are so good, it won't cost you an arm and a leg. Unless you want to eat an arm and a leg. <laughs> like our ancestors. We're cannibals. That's the joke. Anyway. Uh, the antelope or some oh, shit. That might be an elk. I think it's nah, a deer. It's just a deer. Yeah, that's a white tail. All right, that's two deer we've almost hit. <laughs> in we this didn't almost this hit trip. them. There was a, we didn't almost hit yeah, that one yeah, either. That's true. By almost, I mean. This is like. By I, almost, I mean. We saw one. You saw it far away and and very gently slowed down with more than ample time to right. avoid. Just, just like how I'm constantly killing us in a car. <laughs> yeah. We almost hit the deer, just like we almost die in the car every two seconds. Chicken carne. <laughs> Sorry, mango. How okay. is it? At first, oh, it's getting spicy. Nice. Oh, it's getting real spicy. Oh, really? Okay. At first, I had some sweetness, uh-huh. and it tasted Yuck. or and felt like the chew Ugh. is just like dried mango. Yeah. But then the chili kicks in, and it's chili tastic. Really, I want a small piece. It's not bad. Um, it doesn't really taste like mango, but the chili is actually a pretty decent flavor. Oh, it's good. Not, if it doesn't taste like mango, because I don't, I don't, I hate sweet and spicy. I'm trying to find you a piece that isn't fucking gigantic. Can you just break a piece? I probably could have had two hands. Here's a piece oh that's... God, it's huge. Well, just bite whatever off that you demand or that you think is okay. And no matter what your reaction is, just keep driving the car. Don't hit those <laughs> deer. Um, this looks like a, like a, a thick, bright red Dorito. Mm, but and it's gummy. It feels like it in my hand. Oh, uh, this is disgusting. <laughs> uh, it's all fruity and sweet. Yuck. Give it time. And it... Okay. It gets spicy. If you didn't tell me this was uh, actually mango... Yeah. I would just think it's gummy candy. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, it's basically the exact same consistency. Ooh, it's gross. I, I think when you dry out fruit, just like when you make gummy candy, it's just basically concentrated... So gummy candy is dried fruit? No. Oh. Gummy candy is concentrated so. sugar 
Well, it does have gelatin. But it's basically the same thing. It's just something kind of smushy and a fuck ton of sugar. Yeah, this was a that was a non-event. It was a little there's a little spice to it, but it's just like, oh, here's a sugary, sweet, fruity thing that then tastes gets... like a spicy Dorito. <laughs> yeah. But it's not hot. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like like, oh my god, I can't take it. Hot. Uh, it's just it had some good spice to it. All right, so what else we got? That was option a number two is the cat food. This is the one I think you call you called cat food. Yeah, um, I call it sugar covered cat food. Oh, I can't pronounce this. Chacatorositos. Let me try. See if you can. It's the big bold text there. Chacatorositos. He's giving it a try. Chacatorositos. Chacatorositos. Uh, and the translation is chunks of Mexican hawthorn pulp with chili. Hawthorn pulp. I don't know what hawthorn pulp is, but I'm going to guess cactus. That's what we thought yesterday. Yeah, I feel like there's a there's a cat food factory somewhere. Yeah. That that shapes <laughs> and compresses and cactus. and dries out the cat food, right? Yeah. And then there's just a conveyor where it's just filling hoppers and buckets with this dried little <laughs> cat food pieces. And then at one point they ran out of cat food. Or there was a bunch of cactuses outside, and they were doing some landscaping. All right. So they cut down <laughs> these cactuses, and they threw them in the pulverizer and just inserted these cactuses in the, the cat food conveyor system, and out came, you know, compressed cactus pulp <laughs> and sure. in the same shape as the cat food. And it turns out it's the same color, too. Yeah, it's kind of a real dark red. Because it's, like, dehydrated. Yeah. And it's a little, little like, uh, kibble bits. Yeah, it's cat food. Uh, this particular treat. But you like cat food. You eat your, your sardines or your what? tuna or whatever. Oh, it, that's what do not you eat? cat food. That's delicious fish. Well, yeah, what do you eat that's identical to what cats eat? I guess fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like tuna. I like sardines. I like kippered herring in a can. Yeah, this is what like cartoon cats lust after. Yeah, that's what normal cats would lust after. Right. Like I had a cat when I was a kid that if you got anywhere near a tuna can it was freaking out exactly my cat nico though he's dumb or something i don't know what it is about he doesn't like really anything that's fish related all right 32 carbohydrates per serving which is the entire bag but only 2.8 ounces in this bag okay so i am going to now give it a try so I felt weird about eating from the Donner restaurant. And here's the problem. It was the Donner Diner. And uh, it was in a deli- delightful little town, but still California. So what that meant, apparently, was you cannot go inside and eat. <laughs> Except <laughs> we're at 7,000 fucking feet, and it's snowy and cold. It's like 20 we, degrees outside. We weren't at 7,000 feet. So we had to sit outside on their little porch, which we were was not like, meant for we're seating. We were at like 4,000 feet. Whatever. It was high the and cold. The pass was 7,000. Yes. It was that. It was still very cold, and there were no heaters. This place was not set up to do outdoor dining in the wintertime. Yeah. And it was so shitty. <laughs> it was like... I was freezing the whole time. It was the authentic Donner experience. Uh, we were out in the cold and just hoping that the sun warms you enough to, to live. Yeah. Um, we did have hot coffee. That didn't stay hot for long. Nope. Uh, but I will have to say that the food was delicious. I got a huevos rancheros, which I've never had before, I guess. I've had uh, like a, 
huevos ranchero style omelet, I guess. But this was the proper, like, the plate was just a bowl of goodness. Um, there was a tortilla and then an egg, and then it was covered in beans and cheese and salsa and whatnot. There was avocado on top and some sour cream. It was fucking good. And chorizo. I got some chorizo. Mine was all right, but I really couldn't pay attention to it because I was just too cold to enjoy <laughs> it. <laughs> you had a meat lover's omelet, it looked like, which also appeared. It was fine. Good. Oh, it was fine? Yeah. Well, let's see how The whole fu- experience wasn't that great. No. It's it was, no, it was ex- too fucking cold. The experience was bad. It, it lent itself to an unpleasant time. Like, it's one thing if you're, like, on top of a ski mountain and you're in your ski gear with your ski boots and your ski hats and your ski goggles and your yeah. ski gloves and ski jackets and ski pants and all that and then you can happily sit outside in the sun and enjoy a meal but if you're andrew you're wearing loafers and an extremely light jacket yeah (laughs) do you even have a sweater Uh, like a sweatshirt on no it's like it's just a very thin long sleeve shirt smart wouldn't want too many layers of insulation would you (laughs) no it's gonna be hot and uncomfortable for the bulk of the day in the car and then every time we stop you'd have to wait for me to like don my gear yeah. And then undon it when we go again. It's called and doff. Yeah. Donning and doffing? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, doff is to take it off. Oh, I love this because don is like on a with a D in soap. front of it, oh, and yeah. doff is off with a D in front of it. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. I don't know this where it came from. This makes so much more sense <laughs> than your fucking scrappling. There's more deer. Yeah, but scrapple blabbling. Scrapple delicious. Scrabbling. Scrabbling. So, okay, go ahead. Yeah, Don and Doff. Learn that in the army. I am now going to place a kibble in my mouth. <laughs> Let's see what cactus tastes like. We're assuming it's cactus. What was it called? Hawthorn. Hawthorn pulp. Hawthorn okay. pulp sounds like a creepy old man name. Like, yeah, Hawthorn pulp. He has a history of, you know, touching kids. <laughs> okay, so I get a... A mouthfeel, very similar. It's just very chewy, Ugh. gummy. Um, it's probably just a bunch of sh- different shapes of the same exact bullshit. Yeah. But no, that was mango. This is Hawthorne. Yeah. Um, it's kind of bitter. Yeah. And then the spice kicks in. Yeah. Um, a little, a, a very light hint of citrus, maybe? World famous Griegel store. Griegel? If it's world famous, we're going. I don't know what Griegel's are. I think Griegel's the town. Oh, I thought it was like something you could buy. Come on down and get all your Griegels. We'll scramble them on up for you. Well, let's go in and see if we can buy some Griegels. Doff a Griegel. God. Um, hopefully they sell trash bags for this horrible candy. <laughs> Griegel Outpost. That's a different building. That's a very tiny one. Um, so, the cat food, not that great. But before we get out of the car... Uh-huh. You know what has to happen. Oh, God damn it. Ugh. Ew, and it's soft. They're sticky and soft and kind of gritty. Oh, this is worse. Oh, it's very bitter. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. That's why I said so mo- it was sort of citrusy. That's what I meant. Oh. Oh, God. This is... <laughs> I don't know what flavor this is. There's nothing to relate it to. I've never experienced anything that I can explain to you what this tastes like. Because you've never eaten cactus, and neither have I. All I can tell you is that this is bad. Like, this tastes like 
I don't know. You had a rabbit, and you fed it nothing <laughs> but sweet things for a very long time, and its internal organs processed out all the sugar and sweet flavoring, and then it pooped out something into the dirt, <laughs> and then it it kind of petrified, right? Yeah. Like as it yeah. dried in the sun, but right before it was totally dry and like rock solid. Yeah, you took it where it's still kind of smushy, and you rolled it around in the dirt. In some sand. Yeah, and then yeah. and then you put it in a bag. And that's what we're eating. With a little chili powder. We're eating de-sugarized, rabbit sugar-fed ra- rabbit turds. Yes. <laughs> like, there's a hint of something that may have been sweet. Yeah. But it's not yeah, sweet. It was like a hint. Ugh. Oh, God. It's gross. It's so gross. We need it. Need you need water? Yeah. Well... Not well water. We got bottles. <laughs> oh, yeah. That makes way more sense. Uh, when we come back, we have, uh, I don't know why we're even going to try it, but there's oh, Hawthorne God. number three. This is what you want. You bought. More, is it more Hawthorne? Yeah. <laughs> You're the one that wanted this. You saw the candy and you said Yeah, but I thought it was just going to be a you thing. <laughs> and I thought it was going to be a drunk you thing. Because we, we were, I was oh, drunk when we bought that's it. that's right. And we bought more booze. And I just thought, oh, Pick's going to get drunk and fucking munch on these. Yeah. And well, maybe he'll vomit some horrific looking vomit. <laughs> I'm that sure was my plan. It would, I would think it would just, was blood <laughs> if I threw up this stuff. Because it's all very red. Yeah. Dark red. Brownish red. All right. We're going to Griegel's. Griegel's was quite the disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out it was just a grocery store for a town of like five people or whatever. Oh, shit. Where's that water at? I don't know what water. I'll get it. <laughs> there is apparently water somewhere that needs to be gotten. Uh, so we went into this little store, and it turned out to be nothing. But Andrew had a cigarette, and we uh, looked at a, a public little pond park there. Yeah, Jesus, you got a whole fucking six-pack of water? More deer out there in the field? We're apparently in deer country. Now he's handing the water to me so that I can throw it in you the You see bag. those deer? We almost died. Yeah. <laughs> we got so close to them by them being on the other side of a fence off the road. Number three is called Serpentina. It's Hawthorne pulp with chili, but it is in a gross disc shape, like a big This puck. is the grossest looking one. Yeah, these are just yuck pucks. I have taken <laughs> a close-up. I've got photos will be on Instagram or somewhere, probably Instagram. But this one I had to take an up-close photo to give you an idea of the real delicious texture. Uh, we're now at f- 64 grams of carbs for the whole bag. <laughs> so this shit is sugary. Now, Andrew, do you want to try this stuff or no? Yeah, I'll, I'll break up a small piece of it. It's just so thick. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm just going to take a taste. Like, imagine if somebody took a donut and smushed it down into puck shape. You know what it is? It's actually rolled up. It's like it's like the world's worst the fruit, roll, fruit roll-up. Oh. Remember those? Yeah. Ugh. Did you ever try those? Yeah. Those were gummy, so you yeah. probably didn't like them. I don't them. like them. Uh, but yeah, it's sort of like a cinnamon roll. Okay, here it goes. Oh, I'm not looking forward to this. We actually have stuff to talk about, which we'll get into. I just wanted to get this candy shit out of the way. Yeah, it's no good. <laughs> it's not good. At any point, did you expect any of it to be good? No. Well, but, uh, that mango thing, compared to the second thing we had, that mango thing was relatively delicious. Yeah, this is just bitter and spicy. Oh, God damn it. Again with the bitter. I don't know. You don't have to try this one if you don't want. I don't. Oh, I have to for the show. Do you want a fresh one? Yeah. Okay, hang on. 
All right. Um, For the birds. Puke just killed some birds by leaving this in the open for any of them to take. All right, here we go. I am now handing Andrew a thing. Oh, I got I got to put up the window. There's a lot of things going on here. <laughs> Instead of just taking a bite, Andrew is now getting the gum all over his fingers and his his hands. And he just tossed it out for a bird to die. <laughs> he says, "Ugh, ugh, ugh." Like I'm licking off my finger. <laughs> It's chicken wing dust. Oh, oh, it's like licking my fingers like this makes me think I'm licking my fingers off wing sauce off my fingers, but it's severely disappointing. <laughs> Should we, maybe we shouldn't do this while driving because <laughs> I do, we do have paper towels and and water because yeah now my fingers are sticky. Oh God, this is fucking horrible. Like imagine. These taste like chicken wings that went wrong. Yeah. Like really wrong salmonella-filled chicken wings. Oh. Oh. No, he's... Okay. I need water. You need to finish doing what you're doing. I I just dropped one in the car. I was trying to throw the rest of them out, but they're so sticky that they don't... They don't leave the bag. Well, fuck it. I'll just leave that one. We'll throw that one away later. Andrew's now chugging water. I think I think I need a little taste of agua as well. I have never had a Mexican any any type of Mexican candy that anyone would consider good. The closest I ever got was like it was like this uh it was just glazed sugar covering a peach pit. Ugh. And I well, think it it also had chili on it. Let's think about who does candy well. Okay? Who does candy well? The Germans, the Swiss, Right, with I their chocolates the, and stuff? I think the French do pretty good with their pastries. Yeah, yeah. They, they do dessert and sweet things well. So let's let's take the polar opposite and go, well, I'm sure it's just as good. Like, let's look into deep, you know, non-coastal Africa and, and find out some of their d- dessert delicacies or fucking Mexico or the Thailand. Is, what about the Israelis? I'm sure their desserts are pretty bad. They're not that far from, from Europe, though. No, I'm. Don't the Jews have weird, gross sugar? Oh yeah, I just assume everything the Jews eat is weird and gross. That's why I said Israelis. Yeah, I, I don't know about the Israeli Jews. Jews. I don't know what the difference is. Well, there's like German Jews. What? Well, they're Wormen. No. <laughs> Wor- no. Wormen Jews. Anyway. Yeah, the uh, the like the Asian countries, I don't think do well. Like, if you've had any, the closest good thing I've had. Uh, dessert-wise, from Japan was like mochi, mochi ice cream. Yeah, that's just it. a fucking pathetic ice excuse for ice dough cream over it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the Europeans definitely won the dessert world, and I guess America as well has definitely uh, stepped up in the last century. Too much pie. Oh, <laughs> well, that's some fighting words. I don't like pie. I don't care for it too much either. I do like uh, a cherry pie on occasion. But more importantly... That was that! Uh, this thanks, morning... Thanks, Andrew, for ruining our part of that trip. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it would have been way better if we just done it when we were drunk. <sighs> oh, wow. So, uh, this morning, before we recorded, Puke and I were, were having a talk. I was trying to 
to analyze the difference between show Andrew and real Andrew and if there's a difference anymore and which one is the real version. Like, I over time, over the, the nine plus years of this show, has the show version of Andrew just become closer and closer to the real version? Like, has the show version of Andrew been morphing closer to real Andrew? Or is it the other way around? Hmm. Like, was there a very distinct show Andrew versus real Andrew? But over time, the lines got blurred and real Andrew just started turning more and more into show Andrew. And at this point in life, no matter how hard I think about it, I do not know if there's a difference. And if there is a difference, I don't know how wide the chasm is in that difference anymore. And that's uh, it's a worrying thought, to say the least. Because I... How did I describe myself like uh, to you? I, I said, here's my depiction of Andrew on the show. I think you said, like, an arrogant asshole? Yeah. And then I realized... An overly confident person? Yeah, but <laughs> how is the real version of me any different? And is that how I describe the real version of myself? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that... I don't think there is a big difference. I didn't... I don't really feel like you put on a persona for the podcast. I don't have a persona? No. <laughs> You don't have a Shandrew. Uh, that one wasn't as good. No. Mm. Persona was perfect. <laughs> and then you, you know. You, you, yeah, and then I ruined it. That's did. my show, Sonara. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just a, it's a weird thing to think about. And I don't even know that, like, if I had the information, if I had the accurate information where I said, well, no, here's the difference, or there is no difference. If I could come to that conclusive conclusion. <laughs> um, I don't know that that information would even be beneficial for me, mm. and I don't know what the out what the better outcome is here. Like I really don't know. And then it got me thinking about like, well, how much of an asshole am I really? And that's hard to figure out because yeah, I am selfish, and and yeah. I am an asshole. But I also kind of came to the conclusion, in spite of me being selfish, how many selfish things do I do that really impact other people negatively? Right. That and seems like a metric worth considering. Um, and also, I mean, you do a lot of things that are unselfish as well. You know, I, like, I think I said, like, when you, when that uh, town in Vermont flooded and stuff that you used to drive through all the time delivering bread, you, you went and volunteered to help clean up. And you've, you've stopped and helped people on the side of the road a lot. Yeah. And I don't know that I would, uh, I'm... I don't know, maybe because you drive so much, but I don't know if I would be that helpful. I generally am uh, more of a cynical, uh, fucking angry, lonely isolationist. Right. So then, <laughs> a little later on, at breakfast, you started saying, you know, I was thinking about that question you asked me on the show a couple weeks ago about what are my goals. Yeah. And basically, I just thought, oh, save it for the show. Save it for air. But <clears throat> this also got into a discussion about, um, you know, your apprehension at doing things because you don't want to put anybody out. Right. So I, I feel like I inconvenience anybody by interacting with them at all. Right. So I, <laughs> um, I started thinking about that. And I think there's some deep stuff there. So... Okay. In your mind, you go, oh, I don't want to bother these people because anything that you do is simply bothering Fucking these people. Dear. <laughs> and uh, 
you don't want to bother them. And you actually I actually had to stop the car for those deer. I didn't have to stop. I had to hit they, the brakes. That was close to stoppage. You don't know what things are, apparently, when we're in the car. Of course not. I'm just a passenger. So, uh, where was I? You were saying uh, that there's, like, deeper, I don't know, yeah, recesses so, okay. to my brain. On the surface, if, if, if I say, yeah, Puke doesn't uh, talk to people because he doesn't want to bother them, it's easy to think, oh, what a nice guy, not wanting to bother people. But then I thought about that. Like, what is the mentality where you just default to not wanting to bother people? Mm. Well, you must look at other people, and if they were to speak to you, you would be bothered. Right. So It's kind of an externality of how I feel. Right. So are you still a nice guy? Oh, no. No, I'm a dick. I guess. I'm not saying you are, but I'm (laughs) saying, like... Really, this is not the behavior of a nice guy. Because, <laughs> like, if you truly were a nice guy, yeah. then you wouldn't feel like anything you were doing would be bothering people. Right. But, but it also doesn't make me a monster. No. Either. But, yeah, there's definitely something in there where, yeah, because I, I get annoyed, like, phone calls. If somebody calls me, uh-huh. oh, there's a copperoo. I'm going to put the microphone down. You don't have to. I don't have to. But I did anyway because I was scared. Um, what if you just, you know, what if the cop sees somebody with a microphone in the passenger side? Well, we interview him. <laughs> when he walks up, we're like, howdy, Sosifer. <laughs> we have two bottles that are open in this car. Don't look at them. No, he'll be too distracted by the recording, and he'll feel famous, and he'll be looking around for the camera. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Maybe we should have put those bottles in the trunk since we're not using them. Yeah. Anywho, what was I saying? Uh, I'm just. I don't remember. Okay. (laughs) Well, my thought is, if you if you tell you if you have this internal narrative, like my internal narrative is. Oh right, that's what I was saying. When I get a phone call and I just like I always just get annoyed because I'm like, oh, somebody's bothering me. Right. That's kind of how my dad was all the time. He always he always act he was always. Put upon. Put upon, yeah. And I get that. and But I think everyone can empathize with that to a degree. Like, you know, if depending on what you're thinking about, a phone call is very disruptive. It can be, yes. But so is a notification on your phone. And you seem to have no problem getting constant notifications. Right, because I feel I can ignore notifications. Right, there's something about that. Uh, like, it's not as immediate. Well, I could ignore a phone call, but I feel like like a notification I can look at and decide when I want to think about it, right? Right. But a phone call, if I want to know what's going on, I have to answer it, and then now I'm engaged. See, I'm the opposite, because a phone call, I just go, oh, this I'm exchanging like 100 notifications for this one phone call. And if I get a bunch of notifications, then... In my mind, like unacknowledged, there's a bunch of notifications floating around, like out there, unresolved. Yeah. So it's like creating a bunch of open loops. Okay. Whereas the phone call, it's like, okay, well, that's a phone call. And when I'm ready to deal with that, I will revisit it. Or I just simply answer it when it happens. And there's no anxiety, Hmm. like perpetually just floating around about it. But yeah, I wish I could feel that way. Okay, but well, the, but the the real point is though that's just the difference in the telephone. All right. But I was thinking about this, and 
if your internal dialogue is I'm an asshole, then I don't know. Like it's honest in a way, right? I suppose. Like you're not fooling yourself. You're not like telling yourself that you're something better than what you're putting out there. But if your internal dialogue is I'm a nice guy, I think that's dangerous Mm. because then in my mind, I was thinking about this and if your internal dialogue or what you tell other people is, no, I'm a nice guy because I don't bother people. Well, already the framework is you're choosing to not bother people. You would like to bother people, but you're choosing not to because you're so nice. Mm. Like that seems kind of on the verge of evil. If you just take that (laughs) and apply it to everything, right? Is evil the right word? I, I mean, extrapolate it out to like anything in life. Like Mm. I think there's, if if your framework for talking to somebody or asking for something that you want is I don't want to bother them, then your perspective on the rest of the world is everyone is always bothering. Now, in practice, yeah. it might be different, but hmm. I think it might be a disservice to like call yourself a nice guy because your actions are different from your thoughts. Like your thoughts are bother, 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 but your actions are not bothering yeah right so it's it's a dishonesty in a way right like your actions are not representing your thoughts yeah but it's allowing you to to put on this disguise of nice guy Hmm. and this is just the one example i'm using like there's probably far better examples to use than simply bothering somebody but it it comes out like i i see it come through in a couple of ways with you and my example i used earlier was uh when you get a drink at a restaurant, yeah. but you also want water, you don't want to bother people. So instead of just going, oh, can I please have a water as well? You go, can I get a little bit of water? And like you say it real quickly and you <laughs> say a little bit of water, which that's not an option. There's no, there's no menu where it's like a lot of water, yeah. a regular amount of water, <laughs> or a little bit of water. They just bring water in right. whatever vessel they deem So when you necessary. say a little bit, it's, it, it, it's off-putting. Because hmm. no one's expecting to hear a little bit of water. So all of a sudden they go, I must not have heard those words, a little bit of water. I would like a shot glass of water, please. Right. <laughs> but it's not what you want. You don't want a little bit of water. You yeah. want a regular amount of water. But something in your brain goes, I can't ask for the regular amount of water. That would be too much of a bother. So a little bit of water is less of a bother, even yeah. though in practice, the whole situation has become far more of a bother. Hmm. So it's self-defeating. Yeah. And also funny when you ask for a little <laughs> bit of water. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's an interesting observation that uh, I've certainly never thought of. But my whole thing is, okay, if you can acknowledge this and be conscious of it. But where's the it, fine line of, like, yeah, being, not, being polite and being rude, where it's like, give me water! You would never say, give me water. Yeah, you just say, I would like water, please. Don't ever say it like that. I would like a tall, frosty glass of liquid. <laughs> I'm just trying to get you to to start asking for what you want. And water? To start stepping out of your comfort zone. No. And simply asking for water is a very, very, very minor <laughs> example. Okay. But I think everyone listening, and, and myself included... Like, it's too easy to default to the comfort zone, right? Because that's yeah. how you end up, you know, not going to the gym. 
That's why they call it the comfort zone. Right. Comfy. Or sitting on the couch instead of doing something productive. Mm. But there's multiple levels of this because you could be doing something arguably productive. Like, yes, this is more productive than watching YouTube. But is it really the most productive thing to do? And in fact, it could be a far more effective distraction because at least with watching TV, there's guilt. Right? (laughs) Like, so you watch TV and you blow off your important shit and you feel guilty about it. But instead of watching TV, if you do something like process emails or do dishes or laundry or clean or organize something, well, that's productive and it's certainly better than watching television. Yeah. But now in your mind, you've justified putting off your big tasks, your Mm. important, the real important things that you have to do. Procrastinating. Yes, but it's uh, it's insidious procrastination. Yeah. Right? Because you're not procrastinating and feeling guilty about it. You're now feeling good because you've, you know, scratched that productive itch, hmm. but not on the important part or the important thing. Right. The stuff that really needs to be done. So, like, the next level up, like, the comfort level from defaulting to the most unproductive thing to something productive that's even more insidious because you can spend all your time and wear yourself out on a bunch of unimportant tasks that are semi-productive. But really, it's just a much more effective, uh, self-deceptive excuse to, to not tackle the bigger things. And those bigger things could be anything. They could be work-related, financial-related, relationship-related, or improvement-related. Yeah. Hmm. So, like, earlier, you were articulating, like, oh, yeah, my mother doesn't want to be a bother and I think that's what I get from her right and that's just how I am so my thought was okay if you can acknowledge that that's just how you are then I should be able to change that like yes or you shouldn't just accept that that's just how I am just because that's how you are right now doesn't mean that's how you're always going to be yeah unless you always describe it in that self-defeating deterministic way of that's just how I am it is how it is. Right. So why bother even attempting to to change it? Yeah. Right, because it's uncomfortable to, to face it and try and right. change it. But it's way more uncomfortable to, to have a lifetime with that than it is to improve upon it, right? And you have to be, yeah, conscious about how to change it. For instance, asking for water. <laughs> <laughs> Start small. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It's pretty small. I think it's a pretty small step to go from a little bit of water to just water. Yeah. In fact, you're not even adding anything. You're you're removing. You're removing the words little in bit. Yeah. I would like an of water, please. (laughs) Of water? What is this? But I think this does tie into what you brought up at breakfast, where we basically said, let's stop this and save it for air. Oh, the goal? Yeah, because I think the mentality is kind of similar. Okay. Where... You're looking at what is, right, as opposed to what could be. Yes. And if you're not improving things or working towards something, I think whatever is is never good enough, but it's not articulated as to why it's not good enough. Hmm. Yeah, because, I don't know, it's easy to just keep doing the thing that it is, but it's difficult to sort of try and figure out the unknown. Or to consistently to just yeah. get better at things, but you have to identify what things to get better at first. Yeah. You have to, well, yeah, you have to identify the problem before you can fix it. 
So one problem is I asked you what your goals were, and I never really had none. Right, you didn't you didn't have a good uh, good answer, but I feel like and get, correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh-huh. but the same mentality and thoughts, like the same process, goes through your head when confronted with that question, as the thoughts that would go through your head when confronted with like I want to sit down next to this warm fire, but there are strangers also near that warm fire. Yeah. So now because it would be a little bit uncomfortable to ask for the situation to allow me to continue being comfortable. Yeah. You it chose to be uncomfortable. Cop. Yeah, I see. He can't see us. Oh, okay. <laughs> you you chose to be uncomfortable by um inaction, right? Like if the discomfort is not any positive action you're taking. Yeah. But it's a it's a negative action or a lack of action, then you're perfectly willing to accept it. But you won't accept a discomfort that's even a remote possibility of discomfort by you having to act. Mm-hmm. Because what's the real fear? Is the fear words leaving your mouth and talking to these people? No. What's the fear then? Is the fear the rejection? The fear of them saying no? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know that I've ever thought about it really this uh, succinctly. But I think that the fear is just, you know, I don't know those people, so I don't know. Like, you know, people that have uh, the gift of gab, so so to say. Yeah. Like, if you walk to, you know, up to someone like, hey, can I awkwardly stand here next to you because I won't be able to think of, you know, a conversation to have because I, I feel like anything that I say may be construed as embarrassing or wrong or I don't know what, you know. So it's a lot easier to not talk to people than to have the possibility that something that you say will be construed negatively. Okay, but let's let's continue using this real-life example. Puke and I were waiting for our food a couple nights ago, and uh, we had drinks. Yep. And there were a few places to sit outside in front of, like, fire pits and stuff, but every single one of them was taken because it was super cold out. Yes. But there was a large fire pit with, like, seven or eight chairs around it, and there were four people sitting there. So yep. there were four open chairs. Correct. Not all the space was used up. So I just thought, okay, there's space for us. So I walked over and just said, hey, you guys mind if we... Uh, I, I said something. It was kind of like a joke. I don't know what it was, but it just came out, and we got the invitation to sit down. Me cold, you have fire. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but in that instance, like, what if I hadn't done that? What if I said... What if I said to you, hey, I'm going to go to the bathroom, um, ask those people if we can sit down with them. Would you have done it? Yeah, I probably I probably would have. Right. So Because I would have been sort of forced to. Right. So, so it's speak. not that scary then. It must not be that scary if you were willing to, right. to do it. But if I had been alone, I would have just stood somewhere in the corner and in the cold. been cold probably. Right. So what, what's the disconnect here? Like why not do it for yourself? I don't know. <laughs> Oh, well, I'd have to have self-esteem to want to do something for myself, so to speak. Okay, Maybe. so you're, you're choosing to not do it because of some unarticulated fear. So let's, let's play this out. Like, what is the worst-case scenario? Realistic worst-case scenario. Uh, it's not like you walk up and they're going to pull out a pistol and shoot you, <laughs> right? Well, so give me a well, realistic worst-case scenario. What if they do? Give me yes, a realistic worst-case scenario. no. We'd like our privacy or something to that effect, maybe. Right. And then are you any worse off than you were a minute earlier? No. Because 
when you uh, sort of diagram out the playbook here, uh, it seems highly unlikely that somebody would do that because that they would have to be the rude person in that situation because generally out in a public place like that, you know, if somebody came up to me and said, hey, would you mind if I joined you if I was the one at the fire, right? I would not say, fuck you, no, go get away from me. I would right. say absolutely, yeah. And people inherently want to be nice. It feels good to be nice. You're giving them an opportunity to feel good. Yeah. In a way. Now, it's a selfish way, but that's fine. Yeah. I think it's fine to be selfish as long as you're not really negatively affecting anybody. So, realistic case is it's highly unlikely, a very, very, very slim chance that this will even be negative. But that slim chance is enough to stop you from doing it. I suppose. So okay. So how do we get <laughs> how do we get you from like not even considering it to be a real option? Like you would rather stand in the uncomfortable cold for an undetermined amount of time, probably, than run the the infinitesimal risk of being rejected by these people at their fire pit. I suppose so. And also, what do you think is more awkward and uncomfortable? Guy standing in the corner in the cold when there's plenty, plenty of seats available near people? Like from their perspective. Like why wouldn't that guy just walk up to us? I feel like they would not have noticed. Okay. Because they were having their own conversations. They're not going to notice like some, the one guy. Or maybe they would. I don't know. Right. I would. I'd be like, what's that weird guy doing? And now it's weird. So if he comes over at this point, it's weird. He could have just come over at the beginning and sat down and been normal. But instead, he's standing over there. Yeah. And I know it's cold. He must be cold. Hmm. He can't fool me into thinking it's not cold out. I don't know. I'm I, here, too. It's pretty normal to see people waiting for things. Just like, you know, the cell phone makes it way too easy to do, where you just stand there um, on your phone and fiddle around with that instead of engaging with other people. Right. And I, I'm, I'm beating this example to death. Because it's a, a real-life example that we just went through. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a lot that can be picked apart from this, you know, non-event pretty much, right? So, yeah, I guess I would agree with that. Okay. And I can only say a lot of this because it wasn't that long ago that I would have defaulted to the same thing. Like, I'm going to default to not bothering these people with yeah. how cold I might be. Mm-hmm. And I also probably, and this is me projecting on you, but I also thought of myself as a nice guy, whereas now I don't. I don't think I'm a nice guy anymore, now you're but there I used to. <laughs> yeah. But why do you, well, wait, so is that a good thing that now you think you're an, a dick? <laughs> I don't know. It's more honest. I guess. Um, hmm. It's more... Uh, I'm benevolently selfish. Yeah. Versus back in the day where I would have said, like, no, I'm being a nice guy. That's a really shitty thing to think. <laughs> like, I'm being a nice guy. I'm being the best one here. Mm, that's a good point. Like, how great are you really being if you're thinking that? It sounds that's what I'm saying. It's kind of narcissistic. Exactly. You know, maybe. Uh, but what are the... So what then what are the benefits of being uh, an outgoing person? Oh, uh, we got to sit down by a fire, 
Yeah. It was cool. It was nice. These people were friendly and fun. We talked to them and we enhanced our, you know, 15, 20 minutes of sitting there waiting for our food. I thought, like, I thought that was way better than standing in the cold and having right. a much less engaging time. Yeah. True. So, like, interacting with other people. I'm not an expert at it. Sure. You're pretty good at it, though. I don't think so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, yeah, so I guess, you know, the benefit is that you, I would imagine that the more that you do such things where you just kick up conversations with random people, the better you're going to get at it. And then, Yeah, the more natural it becomes and the less awkward it becomes. Yeah, maybe you just, you have, make more friends or acquaintances or you just, you know. Or... Or you just occupy your time and maybe have an interesting conversation with somebody you never would otherwise. Yeah, we talked about the ghettos in New Jersey outside of Philly. And uh, that was pretty much it. It's kind of like some people are much better at small talk than others. And I don't know what that is, but like I'm not a small talk person, I don't think. But if I'm engaged, if I'm the, if the person initiates the, the, conversation with me that I'm much easier much uh, much more likely to continue the conversation right right so uh, how do we get you to be the initiator oh I don't know Xanax maybe <laughs> some sort of drug or I don't know practice maybe you know just getting more comfortable with the fact that my perception of reality is incorrect with the way that most other people would interact. Okay. So here's what I want to do. I want to tie this back into goals and create some like actionable things that you can do. But before we do that, let's put it the next waypoint because we're just sitting here. We, we made it to the destination on the GPS, which was random. Yes. And now we don't know where to go. So <laughs> we have to stop recording to fix. Okay. Three. Are you recording? We're back. So now that you've had time to to process this a little bit since we brought it up on the show some weeks ago, a month ago, over a month ago. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The question about goals. Yes. So what do you want your goals to be? We you you've had time to think about that on your own, and you admitted as much, knowing that it could turn into a show. What? What? Admitted. <laughs> you admitted as much during breakfast that you had oh, thought more about that question. Yeah. And with the knowledge, I'm assuming that it could turn into a show. So yes. here we are. Um, so you're staying on this road. You're not turning. All right, relax. Go ahead. because we found a waypoint. But we want to. So I don't know. So my goals, I guess, like I don't know that I've had outward goals, but I, I have had. I guess you could call them goals. Like I had the goal of getting out of the army. And then a goal of moving to New Hampshire. And then, oh, boy. You should have passed this guy. Uh, focus on doing a show. It's really hard when we're in a car to focus on talking about abstract ideas. Um, so, like, I got my bachelor's degree, and I got a job, and then I got a better job, and then I got a better job, and, you know, stuff like that. Um but now, yeah, it seems like, well, what what, what are the goals in life? You know, the older you get, um, you know, I kind of had a goal, I thought, maybe to be a graphic designer. But then 
you know, realized like, well, in order to fulfill that, I would have to take a drastic pay cut, right? And basically start from the bottom of a career path. And I prefer to be able to buy groceries. So that wasn't going to happen. But you don't need to eliminate and that. Like graphic design could be a hobby and therefore it yeah. remains enjoyable. Which it is. There until you, go. you yell at me that you don't want me to design things for the show. And then I. <laughs> but you are correct. Um, and so now I guess my goals are. Well, I don't know if I have it. Like, I don't have a direct goal, like, for my job. Like, I'm like, okay, I have the job. Now uh, I just do the things that I need to do to succeed at the job. Right. Um, but the job which is could a. could be just, like, bare minimum and coast along at the bottom. Or do I figure out uh, a position that is higher where I, than where I am now and how to get to that? And then the other thing, too, is what about the goal of, like, wouldn't it be an amazing goal to figure out how to get my life to the point where I could just do this, travel around and do landscape photography or some shit? That's the goal. The goal isn't do better at work. Right. Or get, you know, do better at job. The goal is, yeah, travel around and do landscape photography. The job is something that it's a vehicle to get you there. Yeah. So it's the structure that's put in place to get you to your goal. So <clears throat> isn't that a better motivator? Like getting out and going traveling and doing all these things, isn't that a far stronger motivating factor than to simply, well, make sure this job is not as sucky next year as it is this year? Yes. Like how motivated are you going to be if that's the only goal? Like that isn't a really good, it's not a good goal. I don't think. I don't think it's sustain. I don't think it's a goal that sustains Im improvement. In a way. And it's not. It's not really actionable. It doesn't have a, a. Like I would assume that goals need to have. Like something that you can. Something tangible. Yeah, you need to break it down and like right. reel it in, right? So, if the goal is, you know, travel around for X many weeks per year. And doing photography and, and go to these places. Okay, you've articulated the goal. Now, how realistic is that goal based on yeah. everything that you have available to you at this moment? So, if you said, well, my goal is to go to the Canadian Rockies in March. Mm -hmm. Okay, is that a reasonable goal? So, the first question would be, do you have vacation time to do that? Do you have the money to do that? Do you have the rest of your life in order enough to, to justify going and doing that. Yeah. And if the answer is yes, well, then maybe you should have set your goal higher so you could actually work towards something. Because mm. there's no work between now and then to get you to that goal. It's just, no, I can do it. Hmm. Right? I get, yeah. But on the flip side, if it's impossible to do, then you need to either, A, figure out the path to, to get you from here to there, and figure out what steps need to be need to take you need to take to, to do that, or pick a more realistic goal. Because if your goal was, well, yeah, in March I'm going to travel nonstop for one entire year, doing nothing but photography. Mm -hmm. Well, that's more unrealistic, right? Yes. Now that might not be an unrealistic goal for five years from now. Right. That's a pretty big goal that 
if you break it down between now and then, it's pretty achievable, right? Like, what are the biggest hurdles yeah. to you doing that? Money. Money. Okay. That's really it. <laughs> so for five years, save up. You get paid a pretty decent salary. If that's right. the goal, if it truly is what you want to do, then it won't be that hard to save up each year. And then the goal shifts from, well, just simply saving enough money to do that to not only saving enough money to do that, but also, you know, improving my financial situation at work so additional money can Mm -hmm. go to enhance that goal or additional money can go into an investment or something else that grows on its own. And then occasionally I'll cash in on that self-growing entity and go and do something great that I want to do. Like, you can build a structure around that goal, I think. And then you have metrics to go for. And if you fail, that's okay. Because every failure allows you to sort of recalibrate your your action steps and your mm-hmm. goals. So anyway, I don't need to keep talking about that. But, like, explain to me what a good goal would be. Because, yes, driving around and taking pictures, fine. But be more specific. And then tell me how you can get from not doing it as much as you like to actually doing it as much as you would like. If that's the goal that we're focusing on. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I like assuming I didn't get bored with the photography thing and, uh, but I don't know how I would when, you know, there's places like this that exist that we're looking at. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't that be a great thing, though, to get bored of it because you did it so much? You were so successful at, at achieving that goal that it got boring, so now you need to fucking amp it up and find the next exciting thing? And do you want to stop and get any photos of this? I mean, it could be pretty cool, but... Um, so, we're looking across a canyon at a train on a bridge, but... This is terrifying. What? To seeing this train on, on stopped on this oh. bridge on this mountainside. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool scene, but we can't really, well, there, now it's opened up, but no, I'm we good. are in, I mean, so have you ever seen those super articulate, beautiful model train sets? Like the, the, the small scale trains that, you know, HO or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And they, they have the landscaping and the mountains and the fall colors and the pine trees and the tunnels and the bridges and, and the snow coal mines yeah. and all that stuff. We are, we've gone into that world. Like this is our, our, you know, model miniature town in Beetlejuice. Right. This is uh, where all that shit got inspired by, I guess. Tim Burton, before he started to suck, he created this environment. I think a bald eagle just flew over us. Exactly. So. <laughs> Why wouldn't it have? <laughs> I mean, for fuck's sake, look around. Yeah. This is cool. We need to pull over at this little bridge here. Okay. Perfect. And there's a spot. Maybe we can go up this path. Well, there's a path there. I don't know. Before we do, though, that could be the reward for, for getting through this conversation. <laughs> so, articulate the goal. Um, so, what? let's see here. What's the, the major goal is how to have fun at photography or some shit, I guess, right? Or how, how okay, how to become a landscape photographer. The answer is money time and then I guess the desire to continue doing it. The desire to continue doing it would mean like the reason I enjoy photography I guess at a very base level is because you know 
it's fun to create something that you show other people and those people get joy out of it. Okay. Right? So, so thinking about the language you're using, okay. um, money, time, and desire, the only thing that you can directly control is the desire. So right. if you really desire it, the money and the time will kind of naturally appear over time. If you truly desire it and that's, that's your goal, meaning you are thinking about it and working towards it and law of attraction type bullshit, the money <laughs> right. and the time start to populate themselves automatically. Like, isn't I that what's I, already happening to a degree? How, uh, by having a job? Is that what you mean? No. What? You're finding the time to, to travel oh, yes. around and, right. and take photos. You're finding the money to allow yourself to travel around and take photos. So now, okay, let's articulate like what an actual goal is, a measurable goal. How much of the time and money will it take? Mm-hmm. But focus on the desire part. And the time and money start to fill in. And... This is, I, I think, I see this in real estate investing, and I've learned this over time, that, like, I want more. I want more houses. And sure. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm running off on a, a side path here, but I think this is important and relevant. So, I want more houses. What's stopping me from getting more houses? It would be very easy for me to just go, well, money. If I had more money, I'd have more houses. Right. Sure. That kind of makes sense. But no, it doesn't. And every other real estate investor who wants to do something but isn't doing it their excuse is i don't have the money or i don't have the time okay if somebody walked up to me or any of those other real estate investors and said hey here's a hundred thousand dollars go do what you say you want to do go go do what your goal is do you think they're going to do it or succeed they're probably going to try no, I don't think they would know what to do with that $100,000. Oh. So, like, hmm. if you were presented with the time and or the money to do what you want to do, would you even know what to do with it if all of a sudden you magically had it? Or would you get too up in your head and worry about making the right or wrong decision and let it slowly drain, let the time slowly pass by and miss the opportunity and also you know, think, oh, I should put the money to this and that and something else instead and not actually go through with it. So you need to make sure that desire is truly there. Just yeah. like in real estate, if if my goal right now, my main goal in life was to have another house, if that's all I focused on, whatever hurdles are in the way, I would overcome them because I'm focused on that one goal. The hurdles mm-hmm. are simply just something I have to get over. So finding the money to fund it there's a million different ways I could fund it. The money isn't the hurdle. It's, I mean, the money isn't the, the dead end. The money right. is simply a hurdle, right? And okay. I think the same thing applies to like, well, I don't have the money to travel around. It doesn't take that much money. Like, if you really wanted to do it, if your goal and your desire was to do landscape photography, well, you'd fucking get a cheap-ass tent and a sleeping bag mm-hmm. and hiking boots, and you'd hike up to, you know, Mount Ansel. <laughs> and you do it, right? Uh, mm, probably. Okay, so I don't think it's a money or time problem. I think it's a desire problem. Hmm. You need to like actually yeah. acknowledge that if that's what you want, then fucking that's what you want. Like, f- drill in on that. Like, narrow that target, narrow that vision. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. But yeah, it's like, well, how do you know if you have that enough desire or whatever? Well, I guess you just go and try and do it, and then if you fail. 
Because you give up or something, then you would know you didn't have enough desire. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not really a failure. You just go, okay, that wasn't the thing that keeps me motivated long enough to have sustainable motivation to keep going for an extended period of time. That wasn't it. Yeah, I was all balls out on it for a month, but after that month, I'm like, eh, you know, I didn't feel it was worth it. Okay, so you move on to the next thing, but at least you've you've done that. Like, you did succeed. You didn't fail. Yeah. You succeeded. You you went after that goal. You achieved that goal. Turns out it wasn't everything you wanted, but that's success. Then you move on to the next thing. But the best part of it wasn't achieving that goal. The best part of it was working towards it. Yeah. The best part of it was the wanting, not the getting. Mm. I think. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Yeah, because hmm. it kind of goes back to that uh, earlier conversation where it's like, it's it's better to want something and like procrastinating at it or something, right? So that you can't you can't be a failure if you're not trying. Right. Kind of thing, you know. Where, you know, what if what if you actually go at it seriously and then you fail and then that feels worse than if you just kind of piddle around at it. But isn't the worst failure not ever even attempting? Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. But it's just an easier pill to swallow. Yeah. Like, uh, okay, attempting and failing could be very uncomfortable and bad, and it could be like a punch in the gut, like a real hard knock the wind out of you, punch in the gut. Uh Uh-huh. But never attempting, therefore failing, by never attempting, that's like uh, aggressive colon cancer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's not one punch in the gut moment. Yes, it just rots you away from the inside. exactly. In the butt. Wow, I am. That's fucking brilliant. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I feel like. I mean, after the last few weeks of traveling around here, because I had the chance to, you know, I've been excited to go and see new things. But is that is that excitement sustainable? Because, you know, while I enjoy photography, well, how come I haven't been this excited about it before? Like, what what was it that excites me now that didn't excite me? When I was in Pennsylvania or New Hampshire, is it the terrain? Is it the journey? Is like, it, is it literally driving around and then around every bend, you're greeted with something right amazing that you may or may not take a photo of, but nevertheless, like, look at this. Is there anything better that we could be doing right now, really, no. than just- Not unless we had a helicopter. Right. So maybe the goal is get a fucking helicopter. <laughs> Those are so expensive. Okay, but- Maybe a Cessna. Ex- we'll that's there. expensive for you today. Oh, like, uh, okay. (laughs) Think about it. If the goal is helicopter photography, not owning a helicopter, that's not the goal. You're not in love with the idea of owning a helicopter. You're in love with what the helicopter brings you. Okay. Yeah. Right. So then if that's the goal, maybe it's not as big and as difficult as I need to buy a helicopter and employ a full-time pilot. Right. Uh Instead, you just go. Oh, maybe twice a year, I rent a helicopter. Like I have a guy fly me around on his seaplane or his. Yeah, they have they have like aerial yeah, tours. Exactly. Yeah. So, how unrealistic is it then? Not at all. Exactly. Yeah. So fucking do it. Make it happen. Then keep doing it. Move on to the next thing. Like mm-hmm. okay, you've done helicopter. Now take an Amtrak train across the country. Ugh. That might be. That. I don't. I'm just saying for example. <laughs> Hike a, the, a trail 
like a long trail and do photos along it. Yeah. Walk along these train tracks that we're sitting underneath, <laughs> wherever the fuck they go. That's That would be trespassing on the okay. BNSF railroad. It's uh, trains passing. What? Oh, trains passing. I thought you were you were saying that a train was passing. I was like, what? We're missing it? Uh, so, yeah, that's what I... That's what I have been thinking about is yeah what what is my goal in life like what is what is the point of having a job and being successful at that job right for some people it the job itself is the goal other people it's like providing for their family right but for me it would be i guess being able to do other things that i enjoy like traveling and photographing and if if traveling and photographing is the the goal and the job supports that then at some point if an opportunity presents itself to have a better support situation for your goal you're not married to that job like yeah. maybe at a certain point you go well it turns out all the shit i want to do it doesn't take all that much money all it takes is me having time to drive around and maybe i could actually trade uh i would take less money to get more time hmm. and that might be a far better life even though by a very measurable metric money right you've taken a step down or a, an arguable arguable step back hmm. very interesting way to put it yeah so i don't know these are just ideas but i mean thinking about like this conversation right now it all seems really positive like you're doing a version of what you want to do uh-huh and that's the conclusion i came to with my life too in the past few months like, I'm doing a version of what I want to do. Yeah. Well, I'm doing a version of what I want to do just kind of accidentally. Is it you really know? on accident? Yes. Because I didn't... I mean, the accidental part is that I happened to get a job and they said, you need to go out to California for a few months to work, right? And I just brought along my camera and be like, well, I'm sure there's some stuff out here to photograph I haven't seen before. And then when I get out here, it's like, holy shit. Right, but you didn't accidentally bring your camera. You didn't accidentally drive out with the goal of looking around for shit to photograph. Right. None of those are on accident. That's true. And and then also investing in the equipment was not an accident. Right. You know. And then deciding to spend a few days with me just doing whatever the fuck, that wasn't accidental. Yeah. And even, you know, our no plan road plan, that's not accidental either. We're looking at a map and we're going, there's hills. Let's, let's head for them. Yeah. Head for them to our hills. There's gold. Photography gold. Like, right now, people, you have no idea. We're just, we're just sitting here yeah. on this beautiful bend, carved I'll, into the side of the mountain. I'll definitely have to get a picture of it. Underneath a railroad bridge to our right. To our right is a steep hillside, a trail, and an old steel railroad bridge tris- that's, that's cutting across this ravine. I don't to think our, it's that old. I think it's okay. still being used. The point is, to our left is like an incredible, still, quiet valley filled with mountains and pine trees off in the distance and just a sheer cliff. Yeah. It's perfect. Just like everywhere else we've been, this is the best place I've ever been. This looks like Idaho. (laughs) Sure does. It's pretty awesome. So how do you feel after me pretending to be a philosophist? Confused. About what? Well, I don't know if confused the right, but yeah, I mean, you give me a lot to think about. It's a lot to process. It is. It's it's like I like well, that's like when you ask me, 
I mean, if I had been somebody that had goals my whole life and had my shit together. You think I ever had my shit? I don't have my shit together. Yeah, but you just I never randomly had a goal? on the show, you're just like, what are your goals? Give it to me now. Think about it. Don't make a joke. Yeah, because I, that's because <laughs> like, that's, what uh, I, uh, that's what I've been thinking about. my reaction. I wanted to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, but you just kind of sprung it on me. Yeah, like bothered you with it. Some sort of Hawthorne candy, cactus, chili. But yeah, I think that's like... Because, I mean, for 25 years, I've really enjoyed doing photography as a hobby. And, like, all the time, I, I kind of it kind of comes and goes in waves, and I get, like, way more excited about stuff like photographing race cars, and then it kind of goes away because that hobby, you know, kind of went away because I was in New Hampshire, and we haven't done much of that here in Pennsylvania. And then it comes back because I'm like, oh, I can go downtown and take night photographs. And then I kind of get bummed out because they're not as good as like the professional guys that do it literally every fucking day. And then I'm like, well, how do I get better at that? And then, you know, but isn't getting better at it kind of the fun part? Yeah, but it's also the scary part too cuz it can be you know, it's 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 difficult or how do I articulate this like what if I never get as good even though I try? Like what if I'm just not for some reason, as good at okay, but at it. what if you try and you get better? Yeah, obviously the, the 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 smart thing to do would be to continue to do it and practice at it, and then you will obviously get better. And I it's mean, okay to just completely suck to but. go. Okay, that's enough of that. I got better, but you know now I'm moving on from nighttime city photos to you know Astro wintry or landscape photos, yeah. traipsing out into the fucking snowy. Right. Woods of Idaho. And yeah. Dying in a bear attack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, isn't that how you want to go? No. Oh. I'd prefer something a wee bit quicker. Oh, yeah. That's like not. if the bear had a gun. Or if the bear sh- pushed you off a bridge. Uh, that's, yeah. That'd uh. be kind of cool. <laughs> got pushed off a bridge by a bear. You didn't get mauled by a bear. You got yeah. pushed off the bridge. Yeah, that could be fairly quick. Because you're only going to have enough time to think about terminal velocity, and then you'll be dead. Yep. And hopefully when you hit the ground, you die like instantly and yeah, not yeah. just uh, slowly over a couple of days bleed out <laughs> internally. If I fell off a bridge, if I got pushed off a bridge by a bear, I would hope that my final thought would be like, ha, that bear could have ate me, <laughs> yeah. but instead he just pushed me. That's funny. Now the idiot's going to have to find me at the bottom. Mm. Oh, yeah, I would hope he'd come down and eat me. I feel like a bear would figure that out. I mean, what else do they have to do? Yeah. Other than hibernate. <laughs> Are bears here hibernating? It's pretty warm. I don't know. I don't know it's when. It's in the 50s right now. Let's go find a bear. I don't know when they start hibernating. Nobody knows. Yeah, we might encounter a bear. Like, there's no... we we. The place we went to in uh, Lake Tahoe on the countertop had oh, a yeah. big warning thing like, you're in bear country. Look out. Yeah, it said, if you see a bear... Um, don't run. Don't wave your hands above your head. Um, oh, I didn't even read it. I don't yell. It. <laughs> Basically, it gave you a list of things to not do. And my conclusion was, oh, this if you see a bear list of rules, the conclusion is don't see a bear. <laughs> You're better off. Just don't see a bear. Now you have me looking off in the woods to see if there's a fucking bear there. But <laughs> well, I say we climb this hillside and see if you can get some shots yeah. into the valley. And uh, this is a great spot. Random spot. Let's do it. Do oh. you feel good right now? How do you feel after that conversation? 
yeah, I feel better. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I wish I was, I would feel better if I was one of these people that like knew what they wanted in life. Right. But I never have been. But you're right. You never have been. You could, could be. be. Yeah. And it starts with conversations like this. And then next time you go, you know, I actually had that thought in mind mm. as I went out and did this, this, and this. Yeah. And I achieved it. And it turns out I am really into that and I'm feeling good about it. And now I can articulate the next goal or, you know, hone in that main goal even more. Yeah. Because right now, that main goal isn't very specific. It's I want to do photos. Right. Of nature. Where? When? How often? Yeah. What type? What do you do with the photos after right. you take them? Exactly. Do you, so as do you, you rent a space and open a gallery? Do you have a website? Right. Do so you sell them to stock footage companies? As you continue down this path, you'll start to fill in those answers. You don't have to have all those answers today, yeah. but this is how you get there. This is how you you turn into the guy who never had a goal to start and turn into the goal guy. Hmm. You could be a goalie. <laughs> no, they keep the goals out. We're gonna, I don't know if that's the right term. We're going to... No, you're defending your goal. Oh, okay. Um, we're going to start a group on meetup.com called Goalies. <laughs> it's a support group. <laughs> All right, we've been recording for a long time. Perfect. Do we even have battery left? I don't know. Oh, yeah, we got some battery. And then we got spare, too. We're down to two bars, which I don't know. We've been recording this thing for about an hour or more. Uh, so. All right, let's go. Nice. That was stupid. I'm walking down the street like Lucky LaRue. Got my hand in my pocket, baby, thinking about you. I ain't a hurting nobody. I ain't a hurting no one. I ain't a hurting no one Hurting nobody 